Tandem Nomads, episode 83. And our first question out of our mouth was, what do you know about military spouses? And we would just get these looks like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to answer this question, which was really enlightening. So it was really, it showed us that there's a lot of work to be done just in the awareness of the talent and the credentials and the opportunity for the spouse community to help corporations thrive and grow. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show designed to help expat partners turn their dual career challenges into a successful, portable business and thrive in their global nomadic life. To download your free guidebook on the six steps to build a successful, portable business, go to tandemnomads.com. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads. I'm your host, Amel Deregi, and our guest today is Erica McManus. Erica, are you ready for the ride? I am. Good morning. I'm excited. I'm very happy to have you here. The Nomad Nation, Erica started out her career path in 2003, working for the American Army in various director and leadership positions. Erica is also a military spouse, and after 10 years, six moves in the country and abroad, two kids and limited traditional job opportunities, she had to get creative with a way to find fulfillment and income that matched well with the unpredictable military lifestyle. So her entrepreneurial spirit started when she joined as a consultant, a veteran-owned startup, and managed to find the flexibility she was looking for. And in 2016, Erica co-founded her own startup called Hire Mad Skills, a company that sources virtual work opportunities for military spouses to clients ready to outsource. So Erica, I tried to summarize your journey. That must have been much longer than this. So is there anything important that I miss? And let us know what's happening in your world today. Yeah, no thanks. That was an amazing introduction. And I think it summarized it pretty well. Um, you know, the, the experience of being a military spouse, I have worked everything from being a coffee barista because I couldn't get a job at our first duty station to traditional jobs, like you mentioned, working for the army um, as a civilian to flipping furniture just because that was the only thing I could do. So I've definitely run that, you know, experience of trying to find what I can do just to keep myself busy, have fulfillment, and also bring in some income moving every two to three years. This is amazing. And where are you now, actually? Um, right now, we are in Yorktown, Virginia. So we're in uh, the large Hampton Roads area, which is kind of a cool area. Um, it represents every branch of the U.S. military in kind of this um, one little area of the United States. All right. And uh, do you think you'll be moving again soon? Yep. Next summer. We already know it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's going to be interesting to see how it goes for you and, and the portability of your business, you know? Yes. So, and this is what Tandem Nomads is about. It's about helping expert partners and about how to build a portable business. And this is exactly why I brought you today because I realized over the time with Tandem Nomads that there's more and more military partners being part of Tandem Nomads. And uh, I realized that the issue is exactly the same. Is this, like you said very well, unpredictable lifestyle and, and that no, does not allow a traditional job. So we're in the same thing here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's funny when, when you reached out and I saw your name, when we were first talking about Mad Skills, like the word nomad was kind of in our like word cloud. We're like, cause that describes really what we do. And we've written some kind of tongue in cheek blogs about spouses were trying nomadic work lifestyles before it became really a, a nationwide trend or opportunity. So the, the correlation there is definitely cool. And um, there's definitely a lot that we can share between the communities about the struggles and the successes along the way. 
Definitely, yeah. There's one element I think that you have experienced is also one thing that I have to explain to the listeners, Nomad Nation, is that uh, the reason why being, being a military spouse in the U.S. is particularly challenging is because it's a federal state. And each state has different regulations, for example, in terms of licenses and things like that. So a teacher who teaches in Florida is not necessarily allowed to teach in Wisconsin. So um, that's a big issue that the state has in terms of um, uh, how to align all the regulations of each state. And even as a business, it's a problem. Even lawyers cannot be lawyers in every state. So um, that's, that's one thing that I wanted to share, that the challenge is the same, even if it's the same country. Because my first thought was like, yeah, okay, you have to move, but but it's not, it's not the same. It's the same country. But no, the challenges are the same because of regulations. And this is what happens when you move abroad. The regulations are obviously not the same. But how about the cultural aspect also? I'm pretty sure that culturally from a state to another is different. And you've moved to Germany at some point. So I wanted to hear your feedback about that. How did you experience that aspect from a state to another and also going to Germany? Um, Sure. So the, the experience with the state-to-state regulations is definitely a challenge for people who have like a credential certified profession. So like mental health professionals, like you mentioned, lawyers, teachers, um, there is a great organization called MSJDN. I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, they are a military spouse organization of lawyers and law professionals who have banded together and are actually have made incredible strides in the past several years in getting states to recognize that movement of law degrees. So that's still an ongoing process. And I don't want to quote how many states they've made out of the 50, but they're doing some really good work. And it'd be interesting to maybe have them on and share that journey at some point. But there there are organizations, you know, advocating for the military spouse community in those state-to-state regulations. Um, There's another great organization out there helping mental health professionals do that with their certification. So that is definitely a challenge. That's kind of like one side of the story. Um, The other side of the story is a lot of employers just don't, they know spouses are going to be moving. So it's like that automatic barrier. And we have these very in-depth conversations and, you know, support groups about things that people say or ask you when you're being interviewed that kind of are on the edge of being illegal because, you know, I'm there because I have a skill set that you need to hire, not because you need to be worried about what my lifestyle is when I'm not at work. Um, So that's always an interesting experience. Um, And then the cultural part to me is like, the huge bonus of being a military spouse. We have moved to date nine times in the past 15 years. And three of those were overseas. We've been to the West Coast. We've spent time in the Southern, Southeast United States. And I really tell people, soak up the culture where you are, like from the food to the people to the traditions. Right now we're on the East Coast um, on the water and, you know, learning about oyster farming and crabbing. Like, it's just really exciting. So, I mean, that that's really kind of, a side shoot of career and challenges, but um, the cultural experiences are really great. I will say being a spouse and moving to another country adds a whole new level of stress and struggle when you have a career because there's, um, it's no longer just state to state regulations. There's actually something called the SOFA agreement. It regulates what service members and their families can do in different countries. And sometimes it's just, you can't have, you can't even have a job um, and that's really frustrating. Yeah, definitely. And there's a language issue also, I guess, that comes in on top of it. So I think I liked what you said. Embrace it, you know, embrace that challenge because it is an interesting thing. And I think the more we challenge ourselves, the more we get used to it. 
although it's not always true, <laughs> it's, it always stays a move is a move. So no matter how many times you do it, it's still yeah. a hustle. Um, but um, that was really interesting. And you know what? You shared some resources about organizations. We'll put them on the link of this episode. Yeah. Like you said, the MSGTN, is that right? Yes, yeah, so that's a military spouse judicial network. Okay. Um, and they're the ones that provide the assistance for lawyers that are moving and um, then I'll get you the information. Uh, Dr. Ingrid Yee is the one who runs the mental health um, professional organization for spouses. So yeah, I'll get you. I think there's probably three that I would kind of recommend and we can share those. So I'm going to put in this episode just, I don't know if you heard about this initiative that was launched under Obama called uh, Military uh, Joint Forces. Yes. Yep. And it's a shame. It seems because I did some research before the episode, it seems like it's been shut down with the new administration. But um, I was really proud to see that uh, the previous president had mentioned this issue for the military spouses. And I have the video uh, where Obama talks about it. So it's going to be interesting. I'll also add it in this episode. So a lot of um, resources and also interesting uh, content around this issue, which I'm happy that more and more people are talking about. We need to get the word out there of all this huge sacrifice that uh, a lot of women mainly are doing to be able to help their partners grow their careers and also support their nation. So this is yeah. really important. Yeah. So now that we touch upon this important topic, I would love to go back to what you've done as a business owner and how did you actually start Matt Skills? How did that idea start? Yeah, so I kind of took a, a big pivot at the 10-year mark. I was struggling to be a government employee because they're like, that's an easy opportunity for spouses. You know, no matter where you move, there's these types of positions because they're government-based. And that struggle is a whole other struggle. It's not easy. It's never easy to get those positions. They are government staff positions. Um, so then we had moved three times in a three-year time span. I had two kids, and I just was – I kind of gave up. I was like, forget it. I'm never going to have a career. This is never going to work. So kind of just like let my guard down and just focused on where we were and what our family was doing at that time. And about three months later, a, a friend of a friend, um, he had just gotten out. He was a dust off Black Hawk pilot for the army and had gotten his MBA, moved to Silicon Valley and wanted to do the startup thing. And he needed somebody to help him run the community side. So I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything. Let's give it a try. And for five years, I helped kind of build that community and build the, that company and those products and loved it. Like once I stepped into that entrepreneurial space, I was like, this is where I belong. And it's, it's scary because I didn't have formal education. I had no experience, but I knew I loved it. And I knew it kind of, it was my passion and my drive. So over the course of that five years, I was able to take that experience and bring on some clients on retainer, like just as consulting on whether it was building teams and military spouses to get a product to market, or just talking about the military community to these companies. And I had one client, and at some point he said, military spouses are a force to be reckoned with. More should know about you all. And I was like, bingo. I was like, you're right. They should. And there's a lot of great support organizations for military spouses out there, but not privately owned and not able to move and pivot and move, be nimble in how they're growing and what they're addressing. So that idea just kind of came to mind. I sat on it for a while asked my husband first. I was like, I have this crazy idea. It's going to change what I do, change my, our lifestyle. And he was like, yeah, go for it. Like, just do it. So I called who is now my business uh, partner, Liza. And again, I was like, I just have this crazy idea. Can you listen? Like, just give me, let me know what you think. And by the time we were done with that 30 minute call, she was like, nope, let's do this. Let's, let's do this. So 
the very next day we started on branding, we came up with the name and that's kind of where mad skills has evolved from since then. So until that point, um, it was just kind of a concept. So what we decided was to call the company mad skills. And we, our initial purpose was to make a one-stop shop for military spouses to know where they could find remote work. That was our passion. And that was our focus. Wow. And over the past year, that has evolved into these two two really cool paths that we're able to deliver. Um, one is direct hire. So somebody can come to our website, um, subscribe, and post a position. And the only people who right now have access to apply to those positions are our military spouse talent community. And then we also have a virtual staffing model. So we're able to work with clients and provide this remote working team and manage that relationship that's com- completely fueled by military spouses. Wow, this is amazing. So, um, okay. So one thing you said, I want to touch upon all the aspects and that's going to be hard, but of <laughs> developing a startup and everything and how yeah. to grow a startup and a company. And you mentioned one keyword that for me in your experience, even before, and I'm sure this is what you had to do then, is the building a community. Because uh, we talk a lot about uh, an expert as in Tandem Nomads, we've talked at many uh, occasions of the importance to build a community around your business. And Nomad Nation, if you remember, we have the episode with Naomi Hathaway. If you go to Tandem Nomad slash 78 about how to build a tribe around your business. So I want to know a bit more about your experience with that and what are your takeaways about how you had built the community around your business? Yeah, so the military community is what we call our lifestyle. You know, on the very personal survival level, the military thrives because of community. And so that's something that we come by very honestly in understanding those connections. Um, I think Practices like taking a neighbor banana bread when they move in or asking if you can watch their kids, even though you're a stranger while they're unpacking, that is not something uncommon. And I think kind of the outside world will say outside the military bubble, like those aren't things that neighbors really do or how people communicate. So we really have that cool understanding of what community means, because oftentimes when tragedy strikes or life gets difficult, that is how we survive. Um, So then that just kind of trickles out into every other thing that we do. So We knew as Mad Skills serving the military spouse community, that was what we had to build first. We had to build the brand. We had to build the spouse um, side and understanding the concept and how it was going to be a benefit to them. Um, And so we've done that over the past year. And I have to say, we have a highly engaged community. We have people supporting us, people cheering us all along the way. And spouses are really interactive. Um, We're kind of supply and demand, though, because we have to have clients to hire our spouses, but we have to have spouses to to feed to our clients. So um, the client side of in that community is, is building slower. That's just, you know, any business, it's going to build slower when the actual business it needs to come in. Um, but we're being able to show our clients the community that we do have here. And then they become a part of that once they become a client. So it's a really cool opportunity to bring that all together. That's interesting, actually, because that's the challenge of a lot of startups is uh, like yours who depend, like you said, on the supply and the demand and you match them on your platform. The question is, where do you start? That's the chicken and egg right. story. So any tips about that? How did you make that happen? Yeah, I think you really have to have that conscious conversation. It has to be a strategy point. Um, And we have people ask, like, why are you building this spouse community before you have jobs for them? Um, And we just knew by the nature of the military community, that's what we had to do first. We had to found our concept and and found kind of that trust in the community before it would even make sense to bring in clients. 
So we really spent a good month before we ever opened up our employer portal or our revenue models to selling to, you know, the concept to the military spouse community. And we just did that through being authentic and natural because we were the community. It's that customer development standpoint of startup. You know, we knew our customer on that side of the story because that's who we were. So we were able to really reach out, provide content. We were really content heavy at the beginning, just showing that we belonged in the space, that we understood what we were talking about and the need that we were filling there. Yeah. So that's really good. I just want to highlight on this because this is a debate that, um, so in Tandem Nomads, we have a platform for startups. So Nomad Nation, if you're interested, make sure to reach out to me if you have a startup. It's a monthly mastermind group. We meet every month to chat about startups issues and marketing development uh, topics. And one of the topics was exactly that. And what I liked about what you said was that you focused first on the expat spouses. Uh, sorry, it's, it's uh, misleading, you see. <laughs> on the on the tandem nomad <laughs> on the military spouse. Right. So and I think that was a smart move because they're the ones who are generating the actual um, quote unquote content that you need to right. sell to those who are actually bringing the jobs. Yes. So, um, so I think that was really smart to so think about it. Nomination. If you have this issue where you're building a platform that depends on two audiences, the supplier and the demand, make sure to focus on one audience first and grow that base before you start reaching the other one. And I love that you spend that time on it. Is there any practical tips and, and um, that you implemented to build that loyalty with the military spouses and get them on board with you? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, that's a very deep conversation, right? You have, you have to know your audience and you have to know how to connect. And oftentimes it's natural. We were a part of that community. So I think that was a little bit easier of a strategy point for us. Um, but there are companies out there who launch things who, you know, they know the need needs to be filled, but they know nothing about the community. Um, I would say the biggest thing that we were encouraged to do, which was a concept I really didn't understand or know, um, is sounds simple. It's customer development. And so what that broke down to was us asking questions. And we did that on both sides of the story. So we talked to spouses, you know, what are the top five pain points? We just asked questions and we took a whole month before we launched anything to dive into this. And the more interesting part, because we kind of knew the spouse side, right? Like we were that customer. We kind of understood that story. The more interesting side of that customer development experience was um, we took a trip out to Silicon Valley and talked to really big tech firms who were totally removed from the military community. And our first question out of our mouth was, what do you know about military spouses? And we would just get these looks like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to answer this question, which was really enlightening because people either had very stereotypical 50s housewife ideals of what spouses do or that spouses don't work and they don't want to work and they just you know, hang out and live off of what their spouse is doing. Um, all the way to people like, you know what, I don't think I've ever met a military spouse. So it was really, it showed us that there's a lot of work to be done just in the awareness of the talent and the credentials and the opportunity for the spouse community to help corporations thrive and grow. So definitely customer development, ask questions, and it can be even as specific as, you know, a very, um, outlined strategy on, all right, what are these 10 questions we need to know from both sides of our story to be able to create this product or actually make this work? Yeah, I absolutely love that you reached out to people and asked them that question, what do you actually know about it? I also loved something very important you said, and I keep insisting a lot, when you start a business, first make your research and find out what are the top 
pain point, and this is a key word, another key word after community, pain points. You need to know the pain points when you start a business because that's going to be the keywords of your business to generate the traffic and the interest. So um, to reach out to those spouses and ask those pain points, um, did you like partner with platforms of military spouses? How did you, you know, um, get a like in relationship with each of them to ask them those questions? Or do you have like a platform that's easy for you to reach? What are your um, go-to places? So um, initially it was just, you know, our connections. I've been a spouse for 15 years. So I know and knew spouses across the globe at that point. It's it's really cool how your little map of networking spreads out the longer Mm -hmm. you move and you make new friends and then they move. Um, So just those natural conversations being a part of, you know, support groups, um, Facebook groups that, that are focused on military spouse careers and being very sometimes just observing and watching those conversations and seeing the way people reacting, the way people post questions. Um, but then we did, and that was a part of our kind of initial branding was we partnered with organizations that we believe were, were in the space and that were assisting. Um, but then how could we fill those gaps? And for us, that gap was the focus on remote work and bringing in people and clients that these other people aren't focused on because they're just not in what their, their company mission is. Um, so that was definitely important to be able to kind of see that and piece that all together. That's fascinating. Such a great job. So could you tell us a bit more about how math skills, uh, higher math skills works? What's the business model and how did it evolve over time? Sure. So like we said, it's, it's, the supply and demand concept. So the side of the spouse community is free and all a spouse has to do is come to our website, which is hiremedskills.com and create their free profile. And so we've created that and we're still kind of in the MVP version of that, just hitting our one year anniversary this month, actually. Um, They create their profile and we've added in kind of a neat opportunity to explain why being a spouse has given you your mad skills as well as just the traditional, you know, information that you would share with somebody um, as an applicant or a candidate for a job. Um, the other side is our employer portal. And so I kind of mentioned our two revenue models, um, but the first one we call direct hire, and it's very self-driven for an employer or an entrepreneur who just wants to hire maybe one person or something project-based. And they would just come to the site, go through our sign-up process, and then post a position. And once they posted a position, that person can go back in and see everybody who's applied. You can filter and rank people if you've interviewed them. So kind of hands off on RN and gives that entrepreneur or business the opportunity to just use it as another talent pool. Um, the evolution of that concept has been to now what we do with virtual staffing. We found a lot of clients love the idea of remote work, but have never had remote team members before or don't know how it works or don't have the time or capacity to manage that relationship. So we've been able to create that where we're spouses, our marriages and our friendships and our work lives thrive remotely. Like we know how to do that. So we've been able to take that experience and um, kind of develop this remote team management to where we understand what the client needs. We know the positions they need to be filled. We then go to our talent community, find those spouses that can do that. And then we marry that up with our um, team management and the work gets done. So those are kind of the two models and the virtual staffing continues to evolve. And it's really exciting to see it happen. And I think that's an important point too, for business. My initial concept was just like, Oh yeah, this awesome website where people can post jobs and spouses come and apply. Great. And that is working. 
but we had this other opportunity to kind of work in this other model that is really actually serving both sides at, at a much higher level. That's really great. But um, what's the, then for the companies who basically, if I understand well, is the, the employer that, that generates revenue for you, right? Yes. So yep. is it a monthly fee or is it per job? How does it work? So for the subscription coming through the website, um, it's a subscription fee. So okay. you pay to have access to the site. Um, and that's $197 to post a position. With that $197 a month, you can post five positions. You can post one position. Um, we do have like an on and off opportunity. So some people come if they're an entrepreneur, they just need one person this month. They post the position, hire the person, maybe come back in six months for somebody else. Or we have companies that just continually will leave up an opportunity and, you know, feed the clients as they or uh, candidates as they come in. Our virtual staffing model is kind of functions like you would a traditional staffing model, although everything we do is virtual and that we have different tiers. So depending on the work you need, it falls in a specific tier and then it's at a billable hourly rate. Wow. Fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful that you share all of these details with us because it's really important, I think, for, for all of um, other, you know, tandem nomads who want to build a business to understand how it works and, you know, building that community, figuring out the needs and the problems, the pain points, and then the business model are the three really important elements. But I guess there's also the, um, have you get any financing to start your platform or did you self-finance it? How did that work? So we have not taken any financing or any investment to date. Um, we did what we call bootstrap. We decided um, when we founded the company that as founders, we would put in a certain amount of money every month just to cover operating costs and get us off the ground. Um, Liza and I both had full-time jobs, full-time remote jobs when we started this. Um, I worked until May and now Mad Skills is my only job. Um, so we made that commitment at the beginning to bootstrap and put the money in. We were able to stop doing that um, about last February because we were bringing in enough revenue to start to cover that, uh, which was a really great like first you know milestone. Like, all right, nine months in, like we're able to just cover our costs and not have to put the money in. Um, and then slowly that's continued to now, you know, this month, like we're actually cutting ourselves like our first paycheck it one year from our own company. So it's small. Don't get too excited, but it's good. Oh, that's, of course you get excited. It does not matter how big it is. It means yeah. that the proof of concept is working and that's what we have to focus on and celebrating every milestone. I always insist on that. It's yeah. important to not try to cut, um, sell ourselves short yeah. because every single milestone counts. And the fact that now you started doing it on the side of your job, you invested yourself and now you're able to actually you know, f fully work on it and get paid for it. So this is yeah. amazing. So you yeah. can be very excited. I can, I can <laughs> <laughs> so the medium Rice said, can you tell us how many spouses and businesses you have so far on the platform? Yeah. So on the um, spouse talent side, we have uh, right over 2000 spouse profiles. And that's exciting to us because it's really been organic in the past year. We haven't put a lot of money into marketing campaigns or, you know, Facebook ads to target spouses. So we feel that, that that's really good to have 2000 on a platform. Um, and we're really excited to continue some partnerships and, and actually start maybe putting some money into marketing to grow that because there's 1.1 million active duty military spouses out there and 15 million veteran spouses. And um, we're not just um, close to mil active duty spouses. We welcome veteran spouses, retiree spouses, And male and female. I know predominantly the spouse community is female, but there is a really great, talented,
portion of male spouses out there. So we always want to make sure that they know that and that they're included. And um, we've started to be careful with that with some of our branding, showing male faces and showing the diversity because spouse community is as diverse as the rest of the world. So we always want to let people know that. Um, That's a very good point, by the way. Very, very good point. It is. Um, Yeah, so that's where we are with that. Fantastic. And on the business side, then, do you... Um, yeah, so we've worked with um, about 25 clients over the past year. Some of those have been the direct hire. Some of those have been a staffing model. Um, and we've successfully placed about 50 spouses in a remote type opportunity wow. in the past year, which is really exciting. So as we round into year one, we start, we're going to start working on some of those success stories and being able to share some of how that has worked for spouses. These are really, really good figures because at some point when you start developing and growing, you might need investors and these are the figures to be able to show and to prove that it's working. And if you're saying you have over 50 people hired for 25 businesses, it means that each business has hired at least two people. So this is really, really good. And they might be Um, repeat customers. So this is what matters also. So very, very exciting. I'm really excited for you and I can't wait to follow your journey. (laughs) So so tell me, do you have any now marketing strategies? You're saying that now you have, uh, you're ready now to venture out. It's been organic so far. You've done it step by step and this is the way to do it. And now you're ready to go to the next second level. So any, what's your marketing strategy now to start reaching out beyond the organic reach that you have in your own personal network, et cetera? Yeah. So again, the two sides of the conversation, um, the spouse side is really hard to market towards um, because we know where spouses live, right? They're mostly on military installations, um, but getting in through the bureaucracy of a military installation to just talk to spouses is really hard. So that's where kind of those key partnerships come in with governing military support organizations to get our word out. Um, And then we've just started um, developing some digital campaigns and some lead funnels to start to get our, you know, opportunity. And a lot of that is narrowing in what the branding means now that we know we have our virtual staffing model and continuing to narrow that into kind of just easy as the copyright on the website or the landing page, right? It's going to grab those clients. So we've been doing some of that A-B testing over the last couple months and trying to narrow in before, you know, we want to know what works before we throw a big chunk of money at it. So um, we have been playing around with that and, and plan to use that um, this fall. Wonderful. So if you allow me, I want to summarize a little bit all the amazing takeaways we have here. Yes. So Nomad Nation, if you have a business, I mean, you have the roadmap here with Matt, uh, higher math skills. Um, because first of all, you focus on a niche. I think that's the first step to build a portable business and a successful one in any business in any case. So focus on that niche and stick to it. Build the community around it and start with your own network. And then it will naturally grow and organically grow. And then make sure to know exactly what are the pain points of each of your stakeholders and your clients. Um, and that will help you market yourself and express what problem you're solving best with the keywords that the people are expressing their problem with. So this is really important. Um, and then uh once you start, it's really great that you start having figures. I think this is very critical that you start proving the concept of your company before you even start risking, you know, getting more investors or start step by step, start with, you know, small steps and and get the 
proof of concept. And it's amazing to see the figures you reach in one year. You should really be excited about it. This is fantastic. And now you're ready to venture out. And I love that you mentioned two important and great strategies for your marketing. Strategic partnerships, which means reaching out to platforms where you can have more of the uh, military spouses and more of the employers. So that's really great. And then you mentioned also digital campaigns, which is basically Facebook ads, Google ads, and things like that, and search engine optimization of the website and things like that. So these are really smart two strategies, and I can't wait to see how that's going to go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, it all seems like a smooth path and, and uh, really great. I want to know what are the biggest challenges you've been through uh, in the last year doing this? Yeah, it is not smooth, right? And I think that's the the appeal of how it can seem because that's what you show, right? You're trying to build a business and make it profitable and make it successful in the eyes of everybody. And so we tend not to share like those moments when you're like, I give up. I'm just going to go work someplace and just cash people out of there. You know, like there's days where you want to do that. Um, I think two of my biggest learning curves over the past year have been one, how to learn to delegate. Um, I think as my own personality, also as a military spouse, you know, there's been times in my life where my spouse was gone for 15 months. I was in grad school. I had a baby, like I had to do it all. And so being a passionate entrepreneur, I'm like, yeah, we can do it all. Like we can do this and this. And as you grow, you start to see those moments when you're like, oh yeah, we can't do all of this. We can't keep growing in and being, you know, out there and working and managing clients like really, really well. Like you have to start to bring people in that can help you do that. So that's been a big learning curve for me, just like on a personal development level is learning how to delegate um, and ask for help and find those right people to help you because that's how you scale and that's how you grow. I always understood that in concept. It's different when you're actually the one going through that process. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's really, that's really an important point. Know how to farm out at some point. So what, um, how did you manage to do that? Um, well, you we do? have a talent. We, we've grown a talent military spouses, so that was easy for us. We've been able to find the people that we need um, pretty hands-on because that, that's what we've grown. So that's, just, that's been a cool opportunity is to also bring spouses into our own team internally. Yeah. Um, did you pay for them right away or did they volunteer at the beginning? How did um, you? We, we've been able to pay and, you know, not career, you know, salaries at this point, but we have been able to pay um, the, the people that we've brought on. Um, that's a hard point for us because, uh, the military spouse community is very driven by volunteering and often our entire lives can be given to unpaid volunteerism, which is excellent. And it gives you a whole really cool skill set. but being a company that we knew we were wanting spouses to get jobs and spouses to get paid, I was just like, just by our mission and values, I had a really hard time asking anybody to volunteer. That's very smart. We had people writing us saying, Hey, I love your concept. I will work for you. You know, even if I can't be paid. And I just, I struggled with that internally. I was like, how can I ask people to work for us for free when we're trying to build a whole business to put spouses on the map as people who are, you know, are credentialed and certified to be paid in really great jobs. So that was a little personal struggle. Um, I would say my second struggle in the whole journey over the past year is I'm, I'd say, a recovering perfectionist. I like to know everything, understand everything, be able to, you know, articulate it back in a way that makes sense. And when you're growing a business, you do not know everything. <laughs> um, you know, when you start to get into some of the, the laws and legalities of incorporating a business, um, especially as a military spouse, I always laugh that that was probably the hardest thing was just to 
get a bank to give us a bank account because we were incorporated in one state. We both as co-founders lived in separate states. Our home of records were separate states. And the bank's like, where do you guys live and what are you doing? And I'm like, I promise this is all legit and legal. We just have crazy lifestyles and we just need a business bank account. Um, so asking questions and not giving up when those barriers come because they will come. And as we continue to build, we run into these things where like, nobody's ever tried this before as a military spouse community. Like, how do we figure this out? Um, and that really came into play with starting to be a staffing agency and needing to onboard employees. Well, that's great. But now we're going to be onboarding employees from 50 different states. And as you mentioned, all of those states have different laws and compliance regulations. So um, just learn to ask questions and to not give up when you don't know something. Don't give up and ask questions. So such good. I know that it seems very basic, but it, it is good to do it because um, there are no uh, one solution to this issue of being a, a nomad business. Nope. So, uh, and our world is not yet fit for it. And I keep repeating it. You've got to find your own solutions and you've got to have that stamina to keep asking questions, reaching out to people and finding your solution and building your own. And sometimes, honestly, I do think that it, it requires to not bend rules, but, but, but learn how to serve around the rules. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, but this is it. Our world is not just not a clear path for nomads like us. Hopefully one day that will change. So that I'm so happy that we've, um, you brought up this. This is really what, um, what I think so many uh, tandem nomads around the world struggle with. And this is really great that you show that it's possible. It's not because it's difficult that it's not possible. Um, one aspect we did not cover is the fact that you have a partner. And I think we're going to have to make it short because this episode, it's going, it's just so amazing what you're showing us today. But could you share us a little bit about, it's not that easy to work with somebody else as a partner. I know it for a fact for seeing so many startups struggling sometimes to keep up. And so any tips about that, about your partnership and how are you making this work? Yeah, so uh, Liza Rodewald is my partner, and she's a software developer, so she has a very um, important skill set that I knew was going to be important to the success of this business. And Liza and I just knew each other as acquaintances in the same neighborhood about three duty stations ago. So we weren't best friends, we weren't business partners, we just knew each other respectfully and within the community, and I knew she had worked remotely for a long time. I knew she had started up and sold several businesses over the course of you know several years, and so when this concept came to mind, I knew I was going to need somebody business-minded. And so that's why I approached her, just knowing her, her work ethic and who she was. So we really became business partners for a business reason. And then, of course, through then have became very good friends. And we can call each other, you know, our, our business um, wives. Like, you know, it, it really is a marriage. And I think that's the success point is that level of respect and constant communication, especially when we're remote as well. We don't live in the same city. So we are remote founders of a remote company and um, just constant communication and honesty when things aren't going well, being able to say, hey, I'm a little overwhelmed. Like, I'm not going to take any calls on Monday. Can you cover for me? Like, just that type of thing that seems really simple keeps that relationship healthy and thriving. It is like marriage. <laughs> on top of it is the complimentary i always advise um, people who are looking uh, for partners to find a partner that's complimentary don't part with somebody who's your copy form uh, of what you do and your skills make sure that it's somebody who ha has not the skills you have but has the skills you don't have so i think that's what amazing so is she the one who developed the platform or did you 
Yes. So Liza was, yeah, Liza um, developed our MVP. And now that we've just hit um, the one year, we're in kind of strategy and like, all right, what's the next version going to look like? Oh, wow. That's super cool. Managing to have the tech aspect within the company is a huge asset, especially once you're ready to go venture out for capital. So um, that's that's what a lot of uh, investors look for, a complementary team with the tech involved in the company. So that's really cool. Uh, Fantastic. And keep communicating. That's important. I guess you also have a contract that must be very important that states your own roles, et cetera, right? Yes, we did that as part of our, you know, legal corporation of the company, a shareholder agreement or, you know, whatever you call it. We work with the law firm to make that, um, which is important. Yeah. So Nomad Nation, if you're looking for a partner, look at complementary partner, especially if it can bring you the skills you don't have and sign a clear contract. Try to think about all the options, make enough research when you build that contract and reach out to lawyers. Don't do it by yourselves, that's for sure. Um, I know it for a fact. I've seen so many startups you know, struggling. And if there's a problem with a partner and you need to split, then the rules are very clear um, once the contract is written properly. So that's another takeaway here. Oh my God, I would continue for hours with you, but I think we have to say goodbye. But before, is there any uh, book or online resources you would recommend to those who want to build a portable business and a startup? Yeah, and this may be kind of a niche answer, but um, I am an introvert by nature, and being a business owner, having to talk to clients has really pushed me out of my comfort zone. So I've really thrived by reading books about the introvert's space in a big world, and so there's several good ones out there. Um, One by Susan Cain, it's called Quiet, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a the, the positioning of introverts in the world and, and why we belong there and why we actually may be running the world quietly behind every extrovert out there. Um, so that's been really important to me. And then just business strategies, um, like the 10 times advantages and um, just books that feed you what you need in the time. Um, and I would say the last one that made, that's made a big difference to me is The Miracle Morning. Oh, yeah. You've heard of that. Oh, I'm my God. A morning person. I am a night owl, but having children and running a business and just our lifestyle. I can't stay up till 2 a.m. and sleep till 10. So um, maybe someday as a nomadic business owner, I'll be able to have that lifestyle. But for now, like that training requires me to get up early, work out, get the day set so that by the time I'm able to sit down and do business, that's what I'm able to do. And you've got children and everything. Let's not forget that you're still a mom and and you have to take care of your home and and support your partner on the move. So, um, I absolutely love this book that you, I will check it out. Susan Cain, Quiet, and also Miracle Morning. I'm a big fan. Talking about tribe, that's a tribe. Whoever read this book is part of the tribe. Um, uh, L. Harold, who's the author of the book, and um, I'm, I'm not going to... I cannot talk more about it today. It's just if I start, I won't stop. But check that book, The Miracle Morning. They also have an amazing Facebook group. Um, so I'm glad that we're part of this tribe together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you so, so like you said, I think we could be talking for a while. So thank you for the time. Yeah, it's been really great. Thank you so much. And um, oh, before we say goodbye, just could you let us know if uh, we have any military spouses here listening who are interested in joining Matt Skills, higher Matt Skills, what should they do? Yep. So you can find us at HireMadSkills.com. And we also have a really great interactive Facebook page. Like I mentioned, we do monthly masterclasses where we bring content Facebook Live. So you don't have to be on a webinar. You don't have to schedule it. You just jump on and join us. And that is Facebook.com backslash HireMadSkills. 
Fantastic. And Nomad Nation, check out the show note page, the website of this episode, where you'll find all the amazing resources that Erica just shared with us. Thanks again, Erica. Thank you so much. Bye. Nomad Nation, I hope that you enjoyed the great insights of our guest today. If you did, please make sure to share it with your friends. See you at the next episode and stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.